Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. want to remind everybody to join the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. We have three different levels that will give you access to our videos early. And at the King Kayfaber level, you will also have access to our recording sessions where you can contribute to our interviews with our guests. And we can just kind of generally talk comics in between these uh, recording videos. Also, we are working cartoonists. You can see our bibliography in front of you. The best way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy our books. Ed Piscor has Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus just announced for later this year, collecting all of the Hip Hop Family Tree books into one handsome volume plus about 140 extra pages. So pre-order that one today while the price is a little bit lower than the retail price. You can uh, also find coming up Red Room, Crypto Killers, number one. You can see these various covers that will accompany this. Peach Momoko doing a variant. Me doing an homage to Rob Liefeld. Here are Ed's Crypto Killers number one covers, and there will be a blank sketch cover available in the first round of Red Room Crypto Killers. In addition, there are two volumes of Red Room also available already, WYSIWYG, X-Men Grand Design, and Hip Hop Family Tree in a variety of formats, including box sets out there. My next book, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty, will be out later this spring. You can pre-order that one right now from Image Comics. It collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Alive, which is also available as well as Hulk, Grand Design, and the Plain Janes. But we are here today, Ed, to look at early work by George Perez and outlaw work by George Perez, the late, great comic book artist. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, shouts to the kayfabers out there, man. Ask not what you could do for cartoonist kayfabe. Ask what... No, ask not what cartoonist kayfabe can do for you. <laughs> That's right. Ask what you can do for cartoonist kayfabe. And we get lots of mail. The P.O. Box is in all of our videos. And uh, on two separate occasions, several copies of these show up. So, like, you get a copy, I get a copy of Oracle and and uh, She-Devils, and then you find out. Like, it looks cool. Like, this is exceptional-looking stuff for that, like, deep indie, old fanzine kind of work. And then you crack it open, and you see it's proto-George uh, Perez. There's some stuff in here I absolutely love. You got to do vids on it. I have to do a funny, uh, a funny piece first, though. You see She-Devils here is the title of this book. Yeah. I would see stuff listed when I was looking for, like, the 80s black and white self-published stuff. I would get all kind of tips and keep a list. This is the She-Devils that I found. It also lets everybody know these are magazine-sized books, a little bit bigger than your average comic book, which means very hard to find in your back-issue bins or your dollar bins because they don't fit. Right. So uh, kind of interesting choices there. I'm going to flip through Oracle number one first because She Devils to me is the book. Yeah. That is how this video started because I fell in love with this when I saw it and didn't even realize Oracle was George Perez. It's not a Perez cover. Mm -mm. So that's, uh, that's one part of it. But this was originally published in 1978. So again, very early in Perez's career. Might have been a uh, assistant to George I mean, to uh, Rich Buckler at that time. Like maybe maybe he had some pro works, maybe at the, the earliest pieces, but I think he's probably associated with Buckler right around here. And uh, this is a reprint edition from 86. Yeah. So the height of black and white explosion time period, somebody's going to make some money here. Uh, you wonder... What was Perez's involvement at all? Did this guy just outright own this stuff and um, was going to do whatever he wanted? It's certainly the She-Devils thing, because that guy who writes the editorial just talks about it. So he's fully exploiting uh, George Perez, owns it. George, George Perez owned very little of the comics that he made in his lifetime. It's a, it's, a real, it's a real sad thing. But he's further along in this one. And on both of them, he pencils, and there's a there's an anchor... And the, I would bet you that the anchors are the unprofessional ones uh, that, that sort of like have the rough edges and, and things like that. And because uh, 
we don't have a record of what those pencils look like, but the certainly on the She Devils, the shit that the guy does on that is very very rough and flattens out his work a lot. But you know, this could have been professional penciling work probably underneath these kinds of inks. Yeah, and they're doing a lot. Like you see, so much different gray tone on here. Exactly, and, and I think we may see that in uh, in in uh, absolutely she devils as well. But it's kind of neat to see that because there are panels in here that do look professional. You know, like yeah. George Perez, like you can see the talent on the page. Yeah, in both of these books, um, interesting to see too. As a penciler, what you're one of the things you're looking at are layouts. How about that for a pretty bold kind of pretty graphic? Weak. Pretty weak, man. Because because it's a thing we talk about where you even you space out all the rubble, and it's like when does something an explosion like this ha happen where everything's evenly spaced out? You gotta like have some overlap. I like the negative space here too. That feels like something that a lot of young pencilers are not gonna do. You know, you want to fill up everything. Yeah. Out of uh, out of somewhat insecurity. Love this. Great crisscross. We're doing an action scene, so let's not do horizontals and verticals. At least not in the foreground. And uh, you do get a good bit of depth there. Moments of this remind me a little bit of like Gil Kane's Savage, and it's probably just the format and being sure. in black and white, but I do kind of like that format. I'm, I'm a little bit sad that this wasn't a parallel of comics history where, I don't know, I guess an adult kind of sensibility evolved at the same time. Yeah, the cool it's cool to have this stuff because the guys of the day at that point in time in the early 80s, it was, it was Byrne Perez. That was the conversation, and that's the influence on like the uh, the image dudes and stuff. And you have Charlton books that uh, that Byrne did, and you get to see his early his early work and how strong he was out of the freaking gate. But it's not so apparent, and it's not well documented. That you know the George Perez part of that equation, and we're showing off two examples here today. Yeah, it makes me want to look at other things like in this format from that time period sure. for comparison and you mentioned john byrne like it might be interesting to uh to do a video of his early work some, some of that charlton stuff for uh you know to have these videos close to each other in terms of comparison's sake but even like the early days of uh you know like this is 1978 the original i mean that's ElfQuest time period yeah you know thinking of this kind of size and and doing black and white work yeah, and you know, I think I think everybody gets a good sort of example. You see the Perez in there, and 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 he grows as the pages continue. You, you know, see like some we're, Kirby influence at times. We're really getting there, yeah, even in the designs and things. Moray pattern for people at home. You know, uh, we talk about some of this tech stuff. The moray pattern, whenever your dots are too small and they don't reproduce right, and you get this kind of weird shimmer. Is that what it is, or, or is he laying uh, zips on top of each other? I only see one one set. I don't know. It, it's very bizarre. I haven't seen this normally, so I'm guessing that's what it is. It's also funny to go from like some of the more, I don't know, over-rendered stuff to something like this. Right. Which I think is also a mark of a, uh, a young cartoonist. Is kind of like figuring that part out, trying to do Kirby Crackle there. I saw somebody Kirby Crackling with a uh, Q-tip. Oh, yeah, for, yeah. For it, it's, it's garbage. Going to the inside back cover, it's very cool. Oh, man. this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Owners of the Mile High Comics Club. So when uh, Chuck Rosansky got hold of the Mile High Collection, also known as the Edward Church Collection, you know, he sold a lot of that stuff. He, he sold so much of it pr pretty early. He sold it for a multiple of what Overstreet's highest value was because these are like the most mint copies of those comics that were out there. And I guess that Chuck just didn't maybe do the greatest bookkeeping or he did like one level of bookkeeping to kind of keep, what do you call it, a chain of custody with, with the comics. So Steve Jeppe, 
of diamond distribution is just trying to get create a record of where the mile high books are and if you go to like like cgc and stuff like they have pedigreed collections some of them are are announced are mentioned here like you like maybe you could find them quick larson san francisco cosmic aeroplane denver pennsylvania yeah so so there are these pedigreed uh you know classic legendary collections that will be mentioned on like the cgc brand uh if if those books did in fact come from you know edward church so this is cool and and it's early days 86 right some in the 80s jeppy's talking about compiling a computer database to keep a chain of custody on these things so that so that uh you have you have like accurate bookkeeping and and you know if it really is a uh, church book or not it's wild right like like who's sending that information to somebody and he's putting an ad in here. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's just. I, that, I'd be curious, like how, what the response was, and then what happens with that list. Is yeah. he the only guy that gets it? Because he says it'll stay confident, strictly confidential. So, like, how's that list being used? Right. You know, like who gets to <laughs> reference that if you're looking to buy a comic that's allegedly one of these collections? You know, it's a lot of questions for this. I've never seen an ad like this. Yeah, Very yeah. interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, glad you call that one out because that's. Uh, kind of bizarre a little bit out there but this is the book that, that is the reason i wanted to do this video and you can see george perez on your cover like an early painting i love these little things they almost remind me of like video game screen captures maybe because of the size or something especially with like full figures feels like something i would have seen on the back of early video game art do you think this like there's no indicia information but do you think that this is a new bootleg or something because it's very white paper I don't know if, the answer to it that. It feels good. Yeah, it's. Um, it looks like the ink is sitting on top, like toner, rather than offset print. Yeah, it's 1975. Well, that's what it says, but you know, you can make a comic tomorrow. I'm trying to think of what printing would have been available, like if somebody was doing a different, an atypical printing, like if you were offset printing or something, you know, you might get a different effect that would feel a little different. The paper is definitely a nice coated stock, which yeah. you know, not typical for. Uh, 1970s comic book printing of any sort look at these big dots dude there is so much screen tone in this but it's like the worst screen tones like like the inker completely you know it's it's sad that we as far as i know don't have a record of the george perez pencils because this is like the most crude inker and what the inker does is land graphs him up which is interesting to think about because George Perez actually did a comic with Ken Landgraft. Ken Landgraf. Uh, it is a, it's a Wolverine comic. Oh, uh, Wolverine Hercules? It's just a four-issue thing. Oh. I, I'm not, I mean, it's just a, like a four-or-five-page four thing. Yeah, it's in an oversized Thor, maybe? A treasury edition of some sort? Maybe I, not Thor. I but. have it in a prestige format reprint of Hulk's first appearance in Hulk in Hulk issues. So so like it's a 64 page comic they they gang it up with some a little bit of extra stuff and it's just like a four or five page back issue uh, a backup story and they cancel each other out. Like George Perez doesn't look good and Ken Landgraf doesn't look good. It looks like a jobber comic. Uh, but this looks like full fucking Ken Landgraf. It's really Ken Landgrafy. You mm-hmm. know like any of these city scenes and stuff like that. And you see like you, the dots matter like the screens you choose matter and if the dots are thicker than the lines of the character it just calls so much attention to it it's very amateurish and uh it flattens everything out also it's a mark of the amateur inker who gets 
at in the Zipatone era to like overuse Zipatones. I, I love all of it. And I, and it is that amateur quality that speaks to me. Um, all these different zips that they have too, you know, like those, the random spot ones. There's this one that I've never seen before. It's almost dashed parallel lines. Yeah, yeah. I looked at that and looked at that to try to figure out like, is that some kind of weird extra printing thing? And then the edges of it, it's almost that eight bit edges, you know, where like it kind of bleeds out a little bit. Is he rubbing those dots off? Yeah, it's it's almost um, petty bone. There's also a big bold line, which probably speaks to some of your disdain of this inking style, because that's not what we learned to ink. You know, like ink was supposed to indicate certain things, how far away something was, if there was weight underneath it, stuff like that. And a lot of these lines are just flat. Maybe he's using some kind of straight edge or French curve. So he's using like a big heavy pen. I don't know. But Perez, again, I feel like shines, you know, like these kinds of panels, lots going on in this panel from a penciler standpoint. And this is just your superhero strike team of like, boy, superhero might not even be the right word. It's a strike team of these like women agents You're that Charlie are Angels type all shapes. over the, 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 from all over the world. They have, one has a Russian accent. We look, look at like Popeye's a villain. We skipped the aftermag part of the beginning where it's just a bunch of text telling us who these girls are. Oh my gosh. You can't believe like, like reading this as an intro. It's uh, your your eyes gloss over. It's everything we always say about like the image comics, where like we know that that uh, Youngblood is celebrity government agents because yes. we heard so in interviews. Like this guy, it's 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 like. Let me read one. Okay. At about the same time, Dory, short for Dorothy Lawson, approached the group and asked to be a member. Despite her profession as a highly paid stripper. Dory dazzled the six girls with an imaginative array of gimmickry, which resembled slapstick comedy props, custard pies, which could be made of anything from paste to corrosive material. So, so this, this is an old wow. story. This, this is, this is a, a young, very excited artist who's, who's has virtuous in his talents. Um, you know, they, they just, some, some sly Fox character from Pinocchio comes along, sees his talents, uses his talents, and, and has a, a million ideas for, for that young upstart. That guy owns this shit. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if this comes out later or whatever, like this copy that we have um, to exploit the boy's name, but uh, George Perez gets nothing out of this. It's old work. Um, I had a t I was trying to read this. It's impossible to it read. It is really impossible because you but, see but, this character being whipped here. But what is cool is not that, the only character that's tied up and being whipped at yeah. the same time. George Perez does write it, which I think is is an added bonus for sure. That, it's very fun that we get that we get you know his full his full credential on here, man. Because uh, you know he writes uh, some Wonder Woman comics, but that's much later. Also, uh, George Perez is a kinky fuck, like like uh, you know rest in peace. But one of the play, he would go to comic conventions, but he was a regular guest of like fetish cons and shit like I that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could, if you type in George Perez fetish, like there's so many photos of him at these fetish cons with like dominatrix looking ladies, like, like uh, wrapped around him and stuff. This is maybe a little more personal comic than I give it credit it's for. A, it's his interest. Yeah. It reminds sure. me of like B movie stuff, like the VHS stuff. I feel a lot of crossover between the eighties explosion and the B movie kind of straight to video, you know, flood the market. And uh, this has those tropes, you know, like this is more of 70s B-movie tropes, yeah. but I love that stuff. And then you have these panels that are almost like pop art panels. I'll, 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 like that's such a cool kind of like page layout. These two are about to fight and you've got like 
parallel panels between them. Yeah, all this stuff. I mean, this is Lichtenstein. Like, Lichtenstein didn't understand Bende dots. He's like, oh, there's dots everywhere. And, and that's what this inkers bring into the table. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's irony is, is what it is, man. Uh, I, I don't have much of a place for it, but I like to have it as a document of George Perez's early works. I have a place for it right next to the Ken Langriff magazine size stuff. Right. But you know, like you say, you didn't even read this. So it's just... Oh, I read it. I can't tell you what happens. Yeah. I read it and go back and try to figure out who's tied up. This is dope because you don't see no copyright New Line Cinema or whatever the fuck company <laughs> owns this shit. It's George Perez just doing a straight up Enter the Dragon fucking poster, dude. I would love to have this poster. Once again, that the douchebag who wrote the, you know, created the character. This guy created the characters. It's copyright this the fucking Joey Jerkoff, but George Perez and his anchor do all the work. Like, what a fucking scumbag. Uh, but, yeah, this is a bootleg fucking... Dude, this is Bruce Bloitation. Jim Kelly. Oh, yeah, man. Bullshit, Mr. Handman. And there goes Mr. Handman. And, it's uh... John Saxon. 14 by 18 inches. I was Bolo trying to Young. figure this part out. Yeah, how about that? I just saw a video with him and uh, Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon. Uh, 14 by 18 inches. Like, what the heck size are they working? Yeah, that's It nothing. must have been like 28 by 18 or 28 by 36, I think, is a paper size, like a default paper size. Mm -hmm. So you end up getting like four of these out of it. It's printing stuff. It might speak to why, you know, like that, that Glenn dude, I like that back cover too quite a bit. Um, it might be that this guy, James Glenn who's, you know, responsible for this is in printing, you know, and putting out like why this is a little bit weird on size and paper stock. Right. Um, that was a lot of like the eighties black and white self-published stuff would be those odd sizes because it'd be like, Oh, this is printed by my brother-in-law. You know, he works down at the printer and yeah, we didn't measure a comic book first or that's default size of the paper or whatever. But anyway, I was happy to find this cause it is a, uh, the she devils. It's one that's been on my list forever. And, yeah, this came from Kfaber, so thank you guys for sending two copies of this in. Let's get out of here, man. Kfaber's like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available, and uh, the vids are brought to you by uh, the comics we make, but we also have a Patreon, and our biggest supporters get to see these videos before anybody else. Uh, the King Kfabers get to hang out with us in the live stream as we record these videos, man. Completely mitigates the Kfab effect, but like I said, man, the vids are brought to you by the books that we make. Jimmy, what do you have? Street Angel Princess of Poverty is my next book. You can pre-order that one now. It'll be out from Image Comics. 240 pages collecting all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. So get both books. You'll have the complete set of Street Angel. They'll look great on your shelf. Hulk Grand Design, Plain Janes, and Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive are all available right now as you're watching this. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see more of my comics and art. Download out-of-print zines and minis there, and you can see the comics that I am working on right now. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus coming uh, soon in uh, 2023. 10-year anniversary Hip Hop Family Tree, 50th anniversary of Hip Hop. Collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree plus 140 pages of new stuff. Right now, as of this recording, it is uh, it is 50 bucks on, on Amazon. That price may, it may change, but if you see it uh, below, lock in your price right now, man. It, it, It'll, it'll hold tight. Uh, Red Room, Crypto Killers, is going to be coming out in May. Get your store to order these books, man. That's the uh, newsstand cover, variant covers abound. 
uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. There are two volumes of Red Room trade paperbacks out there. I appreciate your support on those crazy books. There's a sketch cover uh, that you guys have been requesting right there. Three volumes X-Men Grand Design and uh, WYSIWYG is out there in the wild. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. Great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.